0: We are live. Supposedly we're live. I know there's a slight (laughs) delay, guys. There's a slight delay. So how are you all today? Doing good. Doing Okay. Ooh. Ooh. So, guys, welcome to episode number 102 of the Friday Friday. 102. (laughs) Can you believe it?
1: It's consistency, believe it. Yeah. consistency, Robert. You're amazing.
0: Well, it's not me, but it is something consistency, right?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think I had a small hand in it. Okay, but wait a minute. Wait a minute, though. Joe and Kelly, you guys look really different today. <laughs> who, who,
1: who, who are you all? Uh? you guys have seen me before duh. um <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Galina Gidri. I have a small boutique consultancy firm called ICF Consulting and we offer outsourced internal audit services, risk management and also business consultations for small and medium-sized businesses and for some reason Robert likes me and um, on occasion he invites me to co-host his uh, podcast so just bear with me and bear with us for the next 30 minutes and we promise you you're gonna leave in really with really good information.
0: You know, I like anybody that can make me look good because it's a hard job. So, Christine, tell everybody who, who who are you?
2: I'm Christine Murray. I'm an internal audit manager. Have been in the financial industry for over twenty years. And normally, I just sit in the peanut gallery and watch your Friday <laughs> <and> roster podcasts <laughs> and uh, give you my two cents, even when you only ask for a penny for my thoughts. So.
0: So uh, yeah, for those of you who don't know, we were talking backstage and I said, so you've never done a podcast or anything? And she said, nope. And I said, what in the world made you trust me about people?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because I can just sit and nod if I agree.
0: Okay, So, so Galena, Christine, let me ask you all a question. Have you ever been scrolling on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and you see these advertisements that kind of say we can double and triple your money for a small investment. You ever seen one of those?
2: Yes. What do you think all about the time? It? I try not to pay attention to ads, um, but I also feel like uh, the companies that I've worked for have really good on their like phishing testing and emails. So anytime I see or get anything, I'm like, Nope, it's not real. So I don't trust anything that I don't go for myself. So anything that's solicited, I just leave it.
0: Mm, so what about you, Galena? What do you think about those ads?
1: Oh, you know, they're oh, so I definitely, there's a bunch of them, right? But it also seems like, or at least it feels like there are more of them when you go to um, other websites, right? So for example, what I mean by that is like w- when you go on Facebook and a social media, right? You're going to start seeing certain ads. But then when you go to msn.com or, you know, like I, I'm i from Russia originally, right? So I do sometimes go and look at the news, uh, Russian news. Um, uh, websites, right? And they're just prevalent. So it depends on where you are, right? And I mean, the IP address, of course, uh, takes me, takes them back to the United States, but it really varies uh, which part of the world you're looking at and searching. So I feel like there are, they are a lot more prevalent overseas, but then of course, you know, same here.
0: So if you saw one of those ads, you probably wouldn't even click on it, but let's, let's just assume that you did. Let's assume you were having a moment of weakness, and you clicked on the ad and it said, "Invest a small amount, two hundred dollars now." Now I know neither of you would fall for that, but let's just assume that you did. So let's say you invested two hundred dollars with some of these scammers. I meant uh, financial advice I meant scammers. Um, <laughs> let's just say you did invest two hundred dollars. And then all of a sudden, you got a call from a call center saying, guess what? Your $200 is now $500. What would you do?
2: I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, I mean, we all sit here and look at we want to make more money. So we always hear about those people that do day trading and investments and they're making really good money. So I think it is an education piece that if somebody did do that, and somebody said, yeah, you're making $500. Give me more money. I mean, if you really think about it, we've got smart people in society that fall for that. Look at Murdoch and how he scammed family members out of that sort of stuff. So I can't say I wouldn't ever fall for it. I would hope that I'm not. I hope that I'm prevalent enough, not aware not to, but I could see how that, fast money maker could get people drawn in
0: what about you galena
1: well absolutely uh i mean i I think it's kind of like it's it's the backbone of my business right to educate business owners to not go for the fishing emails right and it starts with both uh, with everyone in the office right so kind of educating them about that but um, so i have my parents are elderly right and they're overseas and literally Every time I speak to my mom, it's like she gets so excited because she's like, oh, my gosh, I've seen this offer. I've seen this offer. I've seen this offer. I can double my money. I can triple my money. That's where my heart sinks. Right. Because I try to educate her and I try to tell her that someone is trying to scam her. And it's so foreign to her. She said, are you telling me that they're going to grab my money from the computer, from the computer, from my bank? How does this work? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. And so it's, at some point it actually turned into, I think her computer laptop got so much, so much viruses that it's just crashed. And now we have to we don't have video uh, conference anymore availability, which is, it's sad, but it's great because now it, it makes me feel easier and a little bit better that she's not on the computer Clicking things, think, thinking that it's legit. Because uh-huh. it, if it's on a computer, it's got to be legitimate, you know? So,
0: ah. So, for those of you just joining us, Clarence is here from Baltimore. What's going on, my man? Hey, I thought you said you wanted to talk to me about something, man. Give me a call. You've got my number. Leslie is here. Leslie, didn't I just see you? I just did a training for a group, eight hours worth. And Leslie was kind enough to put up with me for eight solid hours. She was kind enough to put up with me for eight solid hours. And Bonita is here. What's going on, B? And my man, Sam, Sam, we, you sent me an email. I saw it. Just been real busy. We need to get on a call anyway, man. It's been a long time. So, yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. My man, Sam Khan, is here. So, for those of you just joining, the question I just asked Christine and Galina. If you saw an ad, I mean, it was shiny, nice and new, and it said invest two hundred dollars. Would you do it? And if they guaranteed to almost double your money, would you do it? Now they, of course, said no because they're very smart individuals. So then I said, okay, hypothetically, what if? What if you just did it? What if you threw caution to the wind and you invested that two hundred, and they returned? 500 to you. And then they called up and said, we need more money so we can make you more money. What would you do? Everybody listening. What would you do? Heck no. I'm with you. Heck no. Now, Christine and Galena, they said they wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Would you all do that? Would you fall for that? I would hope not. So that brings us to today's story. So there's a fraud scheme that allegedly ran between 2019 and 2021, and what they did was they ran nice ads on the various social media platforms, luring people in, getting low amounts of money from them, and then showing them graphs of how much money they'd earned, which was, you know, double the initial investment or more. Then they asked for more money and they kept asking for more money and more money until finally they didn't return any of the funds to the victims. Now, the interesting thing about this one is they actually employed. Well, first of all, it ran in several countries and they employed individuals in a call center. Now, the individuals in the call center weren't necessarily aware of the scam, but their job was to upsell these people on various investment products. And just in case you're wondering, the countries involved, who tons of countries, Germany, Bulgaria, Bulgaria, Romania, Georgia, the country, not the state, okay, and Israel. So the people were located in those different countries and they ran the scheme between 2019 and 2021. Now. Now, what do you guys think about this so far, Galena? Christine, what do you think?
2: I mean, I know how much money it was. We'll get there. I'm wondering why it took so long. Why Ooh. did why did this have to go over years? But I also understand due process and yeah. yeah. And it did so go up think up to agencies. Th- mm-hmm. So
1: right. To you, so to your point, um, the second story, I think, there's a little bit of follow-up to that. So, into in 2021, authorities um, sort of figured out this organized ring, and then they got additional tips, and so that's what led them to this uh, further investigation, which you know, sort of culminated whatever uh, took place in uh, in April of March 2023. So there was just organized work, but I think the first from 2019 to 2021, they recovered, or they said that they embezzled or took 15 million dollars, and so. But the subsequent investigation after that, that took two years, um, to uh, got to that amount.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so, the total amount that they're saying is 98 million dollars. Taken from over 33,000 victims in various countries. As a matter of fact, the um, government investigative units in other countries kind of pooled together. So, Europol, uh, which is officially the European Union Agency for Law Enforcement Cooperation, they were involved in several other agencies. From other countries can you imagine 33,000 victims mm.
1: yeah so it, it appears to be on the average just under 3,000 uh, 3,000 whatever the currency is per um, per victim so
0: yeah so they really mastered the art of getting small amounts from people and they scaled the business because again they had a call center in uh, Romania, and from what they can tell so far, the people in the call center did not know that it was a scam. They gave them written scripts, which is not unusual. Most call centers have scripts of what you should say, say. They gave them written scripts of what to say and how to entice the people into investing in the financial services products.
2: And I mean, I guess not to be presumptuous, I guess I gotta kinda get out of my world because it is one of those things, like you said, Galena, it did take, it's more than just one person. It's not like it was just the FBI. We're looking at, I mean, the span of Europe is the United States. So they had to work when they're looking at, you know, 15 different locations over how many different countries to work together. So I totally agree with you. Um, And I know I was telling Rob before, I mean, that's a lot for a little, the US has their problems too. Um, what was it 8.8 billion in fraud, of which 3.8 billion was investment fraud just in 2022 yeah.
0: in the US. Wow. <laughs> Galena's yeah. mind is blown. imagine that.
2: Yeah. And that was only how many? What was it? 2.4 million fraud reports. Think about what fraud has been lost, whether it's here over in Europe, that isn't reported.
0: Right, right. Wait, what was that number again? The total dollar amount in the U.S. in twenty twenty two.
2: So twenty twenty two total fraud was eight point eight billion. Three point eight billion was just investment, and investment fraud is labeled as number four.
0: Well, and think about that. that. That's, that's about what forty percent. A little bit more than forty, almost fifty percent of the total frauds reported were investment fraud.
2: And I think it's because the number of people that fall for investment is lower, but the amount they fall for is higher. Like you said, oh, we made you 500. Give us more. Give us more.
1: Wait a second. Is FTX a little bit of a portion of that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <The> federal... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, they were, I mean, the FTC like really divides that stuff. I mean, now they're going, I mean, the FBI just released something um, regarding the pig butchering for cryptocurrency fraud that's starting to come out. So you're now they're going to start breaking that stuff out. But I mean, three point what? 3.8 billion in 2022. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I could fall for a scam. I hope not
0: i would hope not so so now they actually raided a few homes they raided eight houses five were in bulgaria one was in cyprus and two were in the ukraine 17 individuals were questioned in bulgaria Hmm. one of the highest value targets arrested was in cyprus and what they got was cell phones electronic equipment bank accounts and data backups yeah so the question i have what are some things that we can do or say for people who are seeing those uh uh no risk high reward advertisements online what would you say to somebody who is seeing those and thinking about it. Cause it's, it's a hard time right now for most people. Right. You know,
2: if it's too um, good to be true, it is.
1: <laughs> Education, right. I mean, it just starts going back to the basics. I've done a presentation to elders in my church and um, it was really just, you know, lunch and learn situation. Um, but, uh, we touched upon those scams a little bit, not necessarily that one, uh, but we touched upon those scams and, uh, a lot of them started out saying, oh, we know, we know. And then by the end they were like, can you please check my phone? Can you please check that everything is okay? Can you please, please? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when, when, when we come out, because I, I consider us, us and this group and everyone listening, we are also educators, we're, we're not just internal auditors. we're not just someone who's going to come in and says, "Ah, oh, you may be doing this wrong, you know I mean Robert, you're always pointing that out in your posts, right? As internal auditors, it's very important to have the soft skills. And so for us to come out and educate, Right. And uh, every stakeholder that is willing to listen and to have ears and say, OK, well, this is what can happen. This is what we have seen happen. And, and coming from the personal perspective, like I shared with you guys about my elderly, uh, you know, my, about my my mom. Right. That that hits uh, sort of uh, close to home and that drives the message a little bit better.
0: So why do you think the elderly? Fall for these scams more than, uh, say, younger generations.
1: Well, because kids won't move out. I mean, <laughs> geez. <laughs> I mean, you're thinking here you are, you know, in your retirement, and well, when you're your 20, 30 year old, is still, you know. <laughs>
2: I'm joking.
0: <laughs> now, you know, this is going to be a clip because that was hilarious. That was. <laughs>
2: They need to stay living at home so they can help mom and dad prevent from getting scammed and ruining their whole entire inheritance. Um, right. <laughs> I I guess I just think it it's the technology savvy. I mean, was it last Friday or one of your other podcasts, Rob? You actually had it was an AI bot doing the introduction and stuff like that. And we've got yeah. deep fake and I mean, things are getting so good in these ads and advertisements that. I mean, it's eventually going to happen. I mean, somebody's going to fall for it. And you've got your hopes and your dreams. And sometimes that can cloud your judgment.
0: But but, con men have always been around. And you get this tingly feeling in your chest that tells you something is wrong. So I'm just wondering, just a theory, I'm just trying to figure out why the elderly fall for them more. Now, I don't, I haven't seen any stats broken down by age of victims, but we do know that oftentimes it does happen to the elderly more. But yeah, uh, to to Galena's point, maybe they're retired and still have some expenses that they didn't anticipate.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Hey, that was a nice way of saying it. They, They didn't They have some expenses that they didn't anticipate, but I would think technology aside, um, it's really the same tricks, right? You get people to have confidence in you by saying something that we know is far-fetched, but it's still selling them a dream. So my guess is they're able to tap into the emotional side of it. Because I've heard instances where they call old people and say, hey, it's me, your grandson, And they'll know the grandson's name or the granddaughter's name. And they'll say, I'm in trouble. I'm in jail. Can you wire me some money? So, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Yeah.
1: And, you know, remember that this scam is especially deceiving because of the lower amount, right? It starts out at a lower amount, considering, right, lower amount. Um, And then they do turn around pretty fairly quickly and give them whatever... Uh, they promised, right? Because the first time they do give back. And so I I, I know, again, I I hate to put my mom out here in this podcast, but this speaks to her to to a T, this scam speaks to her to a T. And so her perception is that everyone is good. Mm. She does have that idea that everyone is good. And there's no one out there that is truly is looking to scam, you know, for the very you know, there's certain ranks but uh, of people, but these people are not one of them, right? So if they're selling me something, that means that it's going to be good and it's going to be legitimate. So maybe it's just, you know, again, the way the older generation is, they, they're they not as jaded as we are. I don't know. <laughs>
0: you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and here's the other thing, too, that they did to make the scheme more legitimate. They had several websites that looked legitimate, but were also fake. Mm-hmm. So you had this advertisement on the Internet. You clicked on it. You were then taken to a website, which probably took your money, you know, and functioned like a regular investment website. probably looked really good because you could get somebody to design you a good looking site for about $50. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and then they said, hey, your investment yielded X amount of returns. Here's your your graph showing how much you've made. Give us more money. So I guess even if you had done your due diligence and gone to the website, made sure it was functioning, you still could have been tricked. So what could you do further? Could you check for a business license maybe or look for officers of the company? But, you know, it's my understanding they had over 200 websites.
2: Well, and... Rob, does it also work out? So I, reading the article, they did talk about it being a lot of it or the pretended financial services was the binary options for their investments, which is usually yeah. you either make money, you're in the money or you're out of the money. Right. So is that another driver that, oh, $200 if I'm out, I'm out. But now I doubled my money. So maybe if I just put in an extra 300, what's the worst thing is that I'm breaking even?
0: Ah, but here's or the thing.
2: Constant buy-in.
0: Here's the thing. They were fake options.
2: Correct.
0: So my, my guess is the victims didn't know that they were investing in, quote unquote, options. They just okay. said, hey, we're investing for you and we're going to make you more money, uh, and which is which is another good point, though. You should know what they're investing in. Are you investing in low risk CDs? Are you investing in the stock market, mutual funds, money? Mar- what is the investment going towards? Um, Because I imagine if they had told some of them that they were investing in options, those who know what an option is and how risky it is, may have said, no, thank you. Correct. But yeah, they were fake options. So everything was fake. The website, the phone calls, the investments. I mean, at least with Madoff, some of the investments were real. The, the, The statements were just fake.
1: Right. Yeah. No, that's a tough one. And, you know, to me, when you were talking about it, I'm just picturing it's almost like you're at the casino. Right. And you're clicking on that banner and this, you know, three sevens came out. Oh, great. Okay, let's do this again. You know, so it's almost like.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think in the U.S. too, there are laws regarding how your investment advertisements should look. Mm-hmm. You can go to, uh, oh, goodness, I've forgotten the name of which agency governs that now. But they have examples on their website. This is what a, a legal investment advertisement looks like. Here's what a bad one looks like. And they will fine you if you break the law. I mean, obviously. But, yeah, the, these are quite interesting. All right. So, everyone, thank you for joining us on episode number 102 of the Friday Froster. They promised to make you rich, and they took your, 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 your money. So... <laughs> Anything else we want to say? Galena, what do you have going on? Anything going on that we need to know about?
1: Oh, yeah. So doing, uh, pitching in for SOX compliance testing, started offering uh, new services, um, flat hourly fee, experienced consultants, no sales pitches, except for here with Robert Berry and Christina Murray. (laughs) So that's really, really exciting. And a lot more people are asking for their cybersecurity um, assessments so that's yes. really exciting
0: and now, it's friday so w- when you say experienced consultants to do sarbanes oxley how many years of experience do they average
1: eight plus
0: eight plus years of experience yes. so these guys can and yes. girls men and women yes you come in and just hit the ground running for your socks effort so here's what that means if you are a small medium size or even a large organization that needs some sarbanes oxley support you need to call galena
2: Thank
0: I mean, you. There's yeah. nothing more to say than Thank that. You. Christine, what do you have going on?
2: Um, other my husband and I are gonna go buy siding this weekend. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't I don't get to do what Galena is or even what you do, Rob. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I love the stuff that you guys do for work every day. I'm just an internal auditor, which I am completely satisfied with. I do really enjoy the environment. Um I just want to say thank you for letting me sit in on your podcast and um, being able to meet you and Galena technically I, in real life. I mean,
0: <laughs> anytime. here's what I want to say. If there's anybody else who's listening, who wants to be a guest, because Joe and Kelly, you know, they get real busy. Let me know, because it's to me, it's fun for us to meet one another. And I think this is our form of networking. You know, it's our form of networking. Now, here's what I want to say. Do you know Monday is the beginning of Internal Audit Awareness Month? Did everyone Ooh. forget about that? May is Ooh. Internal Audit Awareness Month. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to start posting some interesting things for Internal Audit Awareness Month, some, 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 some uh, interesting things. We'll just leave it at that. But one thing I noticed is a lot of audit shops, audit departments, have an interesting time trying to market their audit function, which is why I have my new course. We're offering it. It's a two hour course, marketing your audit function. You, you see that name? It kind of fits, right? Marketing your audit function.
1: Yeah.
0: I I, I I, will drop the link to that course in the chat. I just dropped it in the wrong chat. I'll drop a link to that course in the chat. You should check it out. It's two hours where we talk about things that you can do to market your internal auditing department and be on the lookout starting next week for some interesting things. Hey, Stephanie is here. She says that they are doing one and a half acres of fencing this weekend. Oh man. Oh, G- good luck to you. That yeah. lot. When you say <laughs> we hoping, shoulders
1: for the summer, <laughs> right, right,
0: right, right. When you say um. we, I'm hoping you mean the people that you hired. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping. Not
2: envious, not envious.
0: I'm really hoping you mean the people that you hired, but, but, but. Sarbanes Oxley work, call Galena. Any type of audit training, especially if you want to talk about how to market your audit function, call me up. Audit chapters, companies, you've got 40 hours that your people need in CPE. Why not bring in someone to give them most, if not all, of that. Oh, she said her husband and her are doing it. Really? Oh, man. Good luck. You, got, was, you guys got kids you can put to work? I mean...
2: <laughs> I was also going to say, Robert, I know I'm studying for my CIA. Wish me luck this month i on part nice. three. Um, I feel like IIA also, if that's something you're looking for, usually runs 50% off discounts through the month. So you can do huge savings on that. I mean... I've spent hey, that. my courses
0: are better than theirs.
2: No, I'm just, if you're going to do <laughs> it. I'm, I'm
0: joking, I'm joking.
2: Right. No, <laughs> well, now actually, I have to sign up it. for yours. I'm
0: but yeah, but no, um, in, in all seriousness, May is Internal Audit Awareness Month. You're going to see deals from everybody. I'll probably put my best-selling book on sale during the month, uh, possibly on my favorite day during the month of May, which is May the 4th, May the 4th be with you. Um, Christine's like, what have I gotten myself (laughs) into? What have I gotten myself into? Well, no, you
2: say that, and then the Justin Timberlake meme comes into my head of, in a couple more days, it's going to be May. I don't know if you have seen that, because my kids show it to me all the time.
0: Yes, in a couple Mm -hmm. more days, it is going to be May. Mm -hmm. So, hey, Bob is here. Bob, I didn't know you were here, man. You were so quiet today. Bob says, best of luck to you with part three, Christine. (sighs)
2: I I need it. I'll be blunt. I've failed it twice. I was short three points. No, five points this last time. But I should have done it earlier. I've got kids that are older in sports and everything else, and it's my fault. But I got it this time. I know. I know I'm doing well. So You got it. And I'm getting part three out of the way first. And then... Part one and two. So and I heard that's part one and two is easier comparable to part three. So
0: Robert, the I've got to so get it out. All right, see you galena. So you. We're about to end in a second, too. So so oh man, Bob Alaba just snuck in. Man, <laughs> we you got this was a good story this week, you guys. We we've we've covered the, the, the story. Now, we're just having fun with you all. Uh, By the way, Alaba, Christine is going to take part three of the CIA exam soon. So we expect to hear the good news when she passes. For those of you who don't know, if you need CIA training, if you need training, uh, darn it, what am I trying to say? A review course. Sorry, Alaba, I'm messing this up, man. I'm trying to plug you and I'm just screwing it up. If you need someone to lead a review course for your CIA certification, my man right here, Alaba, is the guy you need to call. Alaba, drop your link in the in the chat, man, so people know how to reach you. Drop you your link. You mean
2: like me? Somebody who's failed it twice. I probably <laughs> should get with him. <laughs> These are <have> cheap.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, he could definitely, definitely help out. He could definitely help out. He is the man, and he could definitely help out. So so. anyway, with that said, thank you for joining us. On episode 102 of the Friday Froster, they promised to make you rich, and then they stole all your money. We'll see you all next week.